What's up, man? How's it going, dude? Not too bad. Not too bad. What are you doing? Did you just like throw your keys on your desk? Dude, how? I literally took a piece of paper and put some gum on it because I realized I was still chewing gum because I'm a professional. Mm-hmm. And that's all I did. And, and you make it sound like I just dropped an atomic bomb on the microphone. <laughs> I could hear it pretty well. It, it sounded like jingling of keys or something. We'll cut this blue, out, too. It's, it's fine. Blue, no, we're not cutting this out. This is staying in. Blue mics, man. Blue mics. Yeah. Got some sensitive okay. pro yeah. mics. Fun fact. Condenser mics pick up a lot of background noise. Yeah, especially when paper rubs against my beard. Nice. Yeah. I that may, was that a, That's what the sound was? I guess I, I, yeah. that kind of makes yeah. sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So what's been going on? Besides oh, me blowing out your eardrums. Not a lot. It wasn't super loud. I could just hear it distinctly. Yeah, not not a ton of stuff going on. That's super big. It's it is uh, yard work season for me for a little bit because we have a forest right behind our house. So like oh. I just get crapped on by leaves. That's why I moved to where I moved. There's no leaves around me. Yeah, no I trees, uh, no trees. I put up like micro mesh gutter guards around my entire house a couple weekends ago yeah so that was that was awesome so i'm pretty good there but yeah there's still a lot of yard stuff i have to do so i've been doing a lot of that i have made zero progress on the things i was going to do besides doing some more research basically i'm i'm still in the kind of storyboard phasing for a couple of videos that i want to produce on the coder journey channel but they're just not quite ready yet and i don't know i'm having a hard time working up the uh the motivation to sort of to sort of work on them at the moment which is a bit of a bummer but that's yeah, that's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah, I know how that feels, man. <laughs> um, like, what do you do to kind of, do you do anything to kind of personally get over that? Um, uh, for me, it really needs to be a little bit. I'm I'm really out of my, my whole rhythm is really jacked up. It's been super weird ever since just having a kid and Kendra going back to work. Like, I don't have a good just daily routine for a lot of things. So couple days a week, I have some time in the morning and usually that that's like designated as a, I'm going to do, I'm going to be real productive. And there was a point when I was being real productive in those mornings and I used to meditate and do all those things and get myself in a good state of mind, but I haven't meditated in like months. So yeah, yeah, I think that's really, uh, I just need to get back on a, on a healthy routine because what ends up happening is I'm just so constantly exhausted from family stuff, taking care of stuff around the house, um, picking up any sort of slack that exists from Kendra being kind of down and out. And so like a lot of times I'll have my, my mornings off to myself and I'll like program for like five minutes or something. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go take the most incredibly long shower of my life. And then I will play a video game for a half hour. And before I start working (laughs) and that's it, I'd get nothing done. So yeah, Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. Like, uh, recently, well, I don't know, probably, since June, I don't even know what month it is. It's like March mm-hmm. 194th or whatever, but I've actually been seeing a, a, a therapist for the first okay. time in my life because it's been getting like, I've been having no motivation. So, mm-hmm. uh, and just talking through that stuff, man, like just, I don't know, makes me, <laughs> makes me motivated. It's just, it stems from the current state of the world and, and all that shit. And, uh, and actually not seeing like humans. I haven't seen like a human and I don't know, besides my family and some friends here and there, but like, yeah, I think it all stems from that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I think totally my, I'm, I'm pretty extroverted. So not seeing people sucks. Um, thankfully like coffee shops and whatnot are still open. So like I can just like sneak into a coffee shop, grab a, grab a quick coffee and just suck in all of the like commotion except for, coffee shops are ghost towns now. So like mm-hmm. exactly. I walked into a Starbucks the other day. I was literally the only person in the Starbucks. 
or yeah. 600 lines in the takeout line or like yep. 600 cars. But I was the only one in the entire building besides the baristas. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. Yep, yep. And this is yeah, at like 8.30 a.m. Normally, it's just like peak time for the hustle and bustle. I'm like, all right, people, just wear a mask and stand far enough away from me and we're good. It's fine. Like, just don't cough in my general direction. Why yeah, they, took out all the, uh, they took out all the seats and tables in my local Starbucks. Yeah, so it's been it's been a weird situation because it is it does make it kind of hard to get that little bit of extra interaction, even if you're trying to look for it. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks, man. Um, I, hope, I think maybe meditation might might help. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, 100% is one of my like key things to success. Like my when I was at Square Mouth, my boss could tell if I wasn't meditating, mostly because I'd be angrier. But my yeah, I would just get less done in general on those days. Exactly. So yeah, it's something I really just need to pick up. But yeah. What video games are you playing? Uh, so I am a big fan of Monster Hunter, mm. which is a uh, like it's a japanese game you you go you you hunt monsters which are basically dinosaurs and uh then you make weapons out of their stuff and you hunt bigger dinosaurs so that's that's pretty much oh, that's, pretty that's cool. like one of my my little grindy games that i play because it's you can just play it for over and over again but yeah, I've been playing sounds like um did you ever read the comic turok is it called turok uh, yeah turok kind of similar turok, the dinosaur hunter yeah. similar uh in concept i mean turok like went off the rails with like the second one but um i guess i played the video games i had a comic book of that though yeah but yeah, but yeah it kind of like that i guess yeah you in a way a, you getting a playstation or xbox uh, so normally i mean i'm a pc guy really sorry, right I'm sorry. Yeah. no it's fine i'm no, actually I'm going to get one of those so we're uh yeah PC master race or whatever, but uh, <laughs> the yeah have you never heard that term? Well, no. Yeah, that's oh that's a thing in the gaming culture, I guess. As PC people being all like, I spent seventy five thousand dollars on this PC master race, but and, uh, yeah, but that's you know one of those things. Like I can upgrade my PC incrementally, and I actually do need to upgrade it just for the sake of encoding video. Really, my my CPU is like getting kind of old, but. I we're finishing our basement and we want to have like an entertainment setup down there. Or at least I want to. I, don't, I haven't talked to the wife about this. I think I'm probably going to get an Xbox Series X and then just to have Game Pass because I already pay for Game Pass anyway. And that's like hundreds of games that I have access to that I can just like install on a whim, play, uninstall, whatever. And so I'm probably going to go with that. Although there are like there are games on PlayStation that I really want to play that are only on PlayStation. So that's that's a tough one. Like but what? it's also going to be way harder to find. Um, like so since Sony owns uh, Spider-Man's Spider-Man? IP. Spider-Man? Yeah, like the Spider-Man. And then they're releasing a new one for Miles Morales. And so, yeah, I'd like to play that. God of War looks real good from like because i didn't have ps4 either so yeah there there are a bunch of exclusives that sony has Hmm. that uh make it attractive to me but yeah i always find like the exclusives are like only valuable like when a new console comes out it always seems like yeah sony's got a lot of exclusives that they just kind of trickle out over time and Hmm. that that make it pretty good but microsoft bought bethesda so Mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. that so there will be a lot of cool exclusives potentially coming out of that this turned into a weird video game podcast i guess but yeah so that's basically when i'm not being productive i'm probably playing monster hunter is more or less the moral of the story you're the only like person i talk to that that plays video games so really the, uh, yeah oh, okay. i'm not a real big i mean i have friends that play like you know the sports games and oh uh, okay yeah and the shooter games that everybody knows but like 
they don't really have any strong opinions on consoles and stuff so i just have my switch i don't really play video games that much but i kind of want to for some reason uh seems relaxing but i feel so like- i always my my pitch for video games as a person who like to be fair i grew up in a town of 60 people or no less than 60 people it was 50 people sounds and- amazing and there was one other dude my age, right? And he and I were fighting half the, our lives anyway. So like we would have like long stints where we're just not friends or whatever when I was yeah. growing up. So video games were really good for me because it gave me something to do when I was living in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of fields and stuff, but not actually on a farm. So I've always been into video games in that in that way. But my big pitch is that like dollar for dollar, there's literally no piece of entertainment that is more valuable than video games like or better value i suppose like i can spend 60 like okay so let me see your monster hunter i probably paid 45 dollars for because i got it on sale and i've put like probably 160 hours in monster hunter over the last couple years Hmm, so like i paid a quarter per hour or you know of entertainment and uh it's pretty good value yeah 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 i just look at it as a time suck Oh yeah, hundred percent is. But if you're already going to budget time for entertainment anyway, because you need some downtime, <laughs> budget <then>. time. So <laughs> podcast is about how we suck at budgeting time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually think this podcast is about how we suck at budgeting energy. <laughs> that's right. That's really what I feel like at this point. Uh, cool. So, so hey, have you been streaming at all? Uh, I have morning? not. Yeah, I when I fell off the boat. Uh, well, so I was streaming in the morning for a a couple weeks. And then I was like, you know what? YouTube analytics says that the majority of the watch time on my videos happens like at noon EST. So I'm like, why don't I just stream then? I can just see if I can get those people to come over to my live content. And I did a really bad job of marketing that. And then I had like some doctor's appointments and and whatever else. So I had to cancel some streams. And then that went on the, the hiatus that apparently has not ended yet. Yeah. So yeah, I plan on getting back to streaming. Are you going to do it at noon? Yeah, probably. I need to do a better job of kind of marketing it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, you market it through uh, YouTube? Uh, yeah, you can do like community posts on YouTube. So if somebody subscribes to me, it'll show up there. Um, and then I need to let, let people know on Twitter, I think, a couple more than 15 minutes in advance. So I'll probably queue up a couple tweets about when I'm going to go live before beforehand uh, so that I can give people a little bit of time. Because like even people who like would normally tune in to watch those things, like my, my roommate Chris um, from college, he, he tunes in to watch those things. He just had no idea I was streaming at noon. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, OK, so that's I hosed myself by just not making it public enough uh, what I was planning on doing and why I was doing it that way. I'm wondering if people, because YouTube is saying at noon, they just you know, consume recorded content at noon because that's what they want to learn. I'm just wondering if that's going to like, you know, convert over to your live streams, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah. a total crapshoot. There's literally no way of telling. It's a matter of I just have to kind of calculate my own averages on it yeah. as a thing. Yeah. And I'm already like my channel has been in the uh, sort of steady decline over the last couple months as YouTube's just like kind of working its out of the algorithm since there hasn't been any new content in a long time. Right. So I need to create some new greenfield content to kind of release on there, get myself back in the algorithm. And then I think I'll have a better time of just like traction to live streams from people who don't already watch my stuff. That's cool. So are you, that's what you're going to work on? Yeah, that's my hope, right? I mean, yeah. So YouTube is still my current, like getting a video, like the first couple of videos back into coder journey, right? That is still my highest priority thing. And yeah, I just need to go down kind of, um, 
create some slides and animations for it and do the recordings on those because they shouldn't even be that bad. I've just been really, really dragging my feet on it because the content won't isn't that like I've got it difficult. Yeah. yeah, I've gotten it all storyboarded out and my notes are taken and stuff like that. I really just need to make slides and kind of diagram some stuff out basically to visualize what I'm talking about and then record it, animate it and stuff. And that's not hard. Cool. So yeah, but then the next two weeks, I'm 100% going to get it done. If I don't get it done, then uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quit. I think. Quit life, just yeah. I'm just I'm just done. Just done. No, I I I should 100% get it done. So meditate, uh, dude. Meditate. Yes, there you go. That that'll be that's actually probably my bigger takeaway from this is I need to get my morning routine back on track because having a baby jacked everything up. It's probably because I have no two consecutive days that I have the exact same morning. Like not even, yeah, seriously, the entire week, no two days are the same for me in the morning because Kendra has such a weird work schedule. Like she works Tuesday, Thursday, Friday and Tuesday, Thursday, eating goes to her mom's and then Friday, her mom comes here when I start work. So I'd say, yeah, literally no two consecutive days are the same. So it makes it really hard for me to establish a routine. So I need to figure out like what needs to happen is I need to wake up at 530 or whatever so that I have enough time every single day before Eden wakes up to, to go ahead and do the things that I need to do as like self-care. What about, um, what about doing it at night? I know you've always kind of been a morning person, but yeah, nighttime probably won't work because Kendra sort of reserves that time as like I hang out with her. So mm-hmm. yeah. So morning is my best bet. A hundred percent. I think I just need to work up the, the guts to set my alarm basically. Cause I haven't set yeah. an alarm in a long time either. Dude, having a kid is so <laughs> weird. I used to be such an adult and now I'm just like barely surviving. Yeah, I know, man. I know. The two of them. So yeah. So uh, how have things been going for you? Um, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So last time I was working on the process architecture for Jubei mm-hmm. and I was pretty much finished until my like last set of tests that I was working on a couple days ago. Okay. And I I started having like intermittent failures and like like I'm doing some weird stuff with like configuration and stuff and I was like this morning I was like, "You know what? This doesn't feel right. Uh, I think I've kind of overly complicated the process architecture for stuff yeah. that I like think I'm going to need in the future." Okay. And so this morning I was like almost done with this. And this morning I was like, "You know what? I'm going to take out this this little piece of this process that's kind of sits in the middle. So in, in Elixir's OTP like process architecture, they always say like, it's a good idea to kind of have like the brains and the boss in your process architecture. So the boss being some sort of supervisor and the brains being some other sort of generic server that you have, that talks to your, your supervisor. And okay. yeah. And so, I was working on this and I had the supervisor that I called superintendent because it's like a factory, right? So I have a bot factory. Oh, okay. Bot factory has a bot supervisor and then all the bots live under the bot supervisor. And then there's a few other processes like, uh, like an endpoint where, um, Slack works like this. I believe teams works like this, where it's basically a webhook. So you, you, it, it shoots you over messages to this endpoint. Well, I can only have one endpoint in, in this process architecture, right? That's going to receive all the, all the messages. And then that endpoint 
is, go, is working with this router and this router like says, okay, this, this message goes to this spot and this message goes to the spot, things like that. Okay. Gotcha. So those things, those, that endpoint and this router need to live off of somewhere and they were living off the supervisor. And then the supervisor was talking to the bot factory and I was like, well, why don't I just take out the supervisor? Um, or the superintendent, and just have these things all live under the bot factory. Um, because there's some there's some things that the superintendent was doing that the bot factory can just do on its own. And so that's kind of what I'm I'm going with. Gotcha. This, so this here's my big thing that I've been struggling with in Elixir Lane for a while with supervisors. I feel like supervisors' whole job is to just be the parent of the gen server processes but really mm -hmm. not have any other purpose like that's basically what they do they just continue to run things right like they're just mm -hmm. like oh this process i had died i should restart one that matches it mm -hmm. and so yeah i've i feel like you still need a supervisor but it would be like a supervisor that watches your endpoint process all of your bots processes and mm -hmm. And the other thing, like it's really just there to make sure that when your bot goes down, you can spin one up that matches. Like I still feel like you need a bot supervisor, but it shouldn't do any work. That's that's exactly what I'm doing. Okay. And what you described with the other part, the bot factory is actually supervisor itself as well. Oh, so okay. The bot factory is kind of like the, the top level supervisor that uh -huh. has uh, two children. It has a, the bot supervisor, so it has another supervisor as child. And then the superintendent. The superintendent is the one that kind of does all the things. So here's an example. Uh, <clears throat> I created a method called create bot off of mm -hmm. Juve. And all that does is delegate to the bot factory. So you can say juve.createBot and and it'll basically in the end add that bot to the bot supervisor. However, it goes through the bot factory. Bot factory says, oh, I'm not really smart, so let me tell my superintendent. Superintendent says, yeah, that's fine. The superintendent has a, access to the bot supervisor. That was just, it's just way overcomplicated stuff. And I was like, well, why can't the bot, the, the job of the bot factory is to delegate and create bots and figure out. Yeah, that makes sense. So you give it some like public API that is basically like add bot, delete bot. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. give me my bots kind of thing. And then exactly. it can do that. But then it also is the one in charge of making sure that if a bot dies, it spins up a new one. Uh, well, the, it delegates that to the bot supervisor. So the bot factory has a, a, has a supervisor. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you think of this as actually like a factory, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, as like a physical factory, right. You have the physical factory. That's, that is a factory that ha contains yep. all the bots. But each bot works, quote unquote, underneath a supervisor inside the uh -huh. factory. So yeah. that's kind of how I set it up. But this other idea where I was like, I called it, I was calling it foreman. I was like, yeah, I don't want to call it foreman. And so I called it superintendent. And superintendent kind of watches over the whole factory. And that was like the brains. But I just, I, it just felt way overcomplicated with that. So I'm going to take the superintendent out for now. If I need mm -hmm. it, I'll introduce it later. But for right now, it's just going to be going through the the factory kind of just removing one level of interaction. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. I supervision trees are still, yeah, they're still the thing I struggle <laughs> with the most right now. That's why I'm like, that's why this has taken like two weeks, three weeks, you know, 
because um, um, there's so much second guessing of yourself, exactly, right? That's a hundred percent what it is. Cause it's not even hard concepts. It's just like, whose job should this really be? Exactly. And yeah, that, that makes it a little bit rough. Yeah. I was going to hit you up uh, over the week and, and kind of bounce these ideas off of you, but I was like, yeah, he's playing too many video games. Yeah. He's a video too, much, too many gutter guards. So yeah, I, uh, no, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. Cause it makes sense now. Maybe later I'll reintroduce it. But, uh, and then the other thing I was doing is like, I was used, I have like this Juve config thing, which looks at the configuration, make sure it's valid uh, before it starts up the supervisor. And then, uh, the configuration is used in multiple different processes. Okay. But it was using the application config. Like juve.config was just a kind of a wrapper around the application config. Oh, okay. Well, that causes havoc in your tests. When you want to like change the state <laughs> yeah. of the config, it's uh -huh. a fucking nightmare. Sorry. Uh, edit that out. Um, drop marker, Jamie, future Jamie, drop marker. Um, and, uh, so I changed that up to pass in just a keyword list to config. And then that yep. way you can just, yeah, set it up. Yeah. I ran into that before too, as, yeah. as a, a potential issue there. I think, what did I end up doing? I had like uh, a method or a function that I'd call in a module that would take, like it had two implementations <laughs> and basically it's like, if you passed it a, uh, a map, it would just pass that map along. Otherwise it would read it for map config. Yeah. Um, now what I did is I'm changing it, uh, to the application grabs the config from, from, um, the application environment, mm -hmm. uh, and then passes that config as just a keyword list to the bot factory. And then the okay. bot factory yeah. can use juve.config to make sure it's valid and to pass the various things that it needs. Now I'm passing the various things that the various other processes need to, to work. Like the endpoint, for example, the endpoint process needs like the scheme and the port, you know, how you have to mm -hmm. configure your endpoint. And so instead of like the endpoint process looking at juve.config, which basically looks at application config, the bot factory now just passes in the scheme and the options that way. Gotcha. And so now it's a lot easier to test and, and change and all that stuff. So dependency injection is a beautiful thing. Dependency injection. Yes. So I'm still working on the process architecture, but I'm, I got all day to work on this. So I'm hopefully going to finish that up. Today. Nice. And then the other thing I was working on with Tatsu was I wanted to get, um, access to the GPT three library, uh, -huh. uh, which sounds easy, right? You go to the website, sign up, uh, which I did. Uh, but they seem to kind of ignore that. <laughs> so I, uh, I wrote an email, a nice succinct small email to the CEO and explained what I wanted to do. And four days later, I had access. So, yay, I got access. Nice. The power yeah. of uh, asking for things right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. So if I have time, hopefully over the next few weeks, I just basically want to set up a quick little application that feeds some data to this model so that I can see if my ideas for, for Tetsu will, will work. Yeah. So, uh, it's not going to be a bot or anything. It's just going to be kind of, uh, feeding data to this, this model and seeing kind of what comes out the other side. 
So hopefully I can get to that. I don't know just because of all the other stuff I want to do with Juve um, uh-huh. over the next few weeks. I want to just finish up the Slack um, connection piece, implementation piece, so that uh, I can send messages to Slack and then uh, probably an OAuth piece where I want the OAuth to be built into uh, Juve itself so you don't have to worry about the OAuth stuff in your own applications. Nice. And then from that, hopefully I'll get the initial version of Tetsu 2. That would be pretty cool. So that's uh, that's my plans, man. That's that's kind of what the only thing I've been working on. I've been doing. Uh, finally got my camera for my studio. Nice. That's another piece of uh, thing I probably need to go and. Uh, I haven't put everything together yet, so that's my next step is to like gotcha all the cables. And yeah, so that was when I else. ordered mine. What you don't realize is that you want it to be on like constant power, right? You don't want yes. your camera to be running on. So, did you get the little adapter? So I didn't get the camera you got. You got oh, okay, the gotcha. Lumix. I got the, yeah, I got the uh, Lumix Sony A sixty six hundred. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah, but yeah, you want the uh, external battery pack thingy. Yeah, you have to have like the battery pack with a cable. That mm-hmm, like plugs mm-hmm, in, and I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> why? You why? really? There's not just I can't just plug the thing in and oh, have power. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Actually, you know what? I don't even know if I need that for the for the camera I got because that's really how you charge it. So like, there's an external cable. Like, you put oh, the battery into the by- camera. And then you uh-huh. put the, the USB micro USB cable into the camera and it, that's how it charges the battery. So, oh. yeah, yeah you might when I got it. it, yeah, when I got it, I was like, I don't have an external, like I thought for, at first it was like a mistake. Like they didn't send me everything. I they didn't send you like a little battery charger pack thing. Right. Right. Gotcha. So like, yeah. Well, that's what I have to deal with. And it's super dumb. Yeah. I've seen that. Um, so yeah, hopefully I can, uh, be streaming some of this stuff. Um, in between our the next time we talk nice yeah that'd be awesome uh just to let everybody know in well in advance when you plan on streaming so that people can actually show up to the stream yeah it's gonna be you know i don't have the audience that you have on youtube so it's gonna be it's gonna be a while uh, yeah but i'm saying you have like you know, at least have people on twitter you can be like hey i'm gonna stream mm-hmm. tomorrow at this time you should come check it out and talk to me yeah yeah it seems like everybody's doing that but <laughs> since saying the that pandemic. they're gonna stream yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Every every one of my everybody I follow is like, oh, streaming tomorrow at eleven. Streaming tomorrow. Oh really? Yeah. I'll just have to I'll just have to beat beat through the through the noise. Everybody else. That's it, man. Gotcha. Yeah. You. I thought you were going to talk about editing podcast stuff because people don't know this, but we have tra- transitioned the reins over to uh, you being our podcast editor instead of me doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that I always backburnered it, and I always felt really guilty about it, but. I did enough yeah. stuff throughout the week that I, I just kind of hate it. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted to get better at editing uh-huh. uh, and just knowing the software and stuff. Um, and you suggested using Audacity, which you used. And so, man, we have some, we have very different tastes in software, which is kind of funny. Um, well, it's, I don't I, use Audacity because I like it. I use it because it's kind of like uh, if you're not using Premiere or uh, Final Cut Pro, it's like the industry standard if you will for like podcasting people and and correct me if i'm wrong but part of your um part of the reason you settled on is because it's free right 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, when I was first learning how to do podcast anything or like, actually it was because I was improving the audio in my YouTube videos way back in the day. But, um, yeah, a lot of just like the tutorials and stuff that I found and listening to podcasters and stuff like that was all using audacity. So I was like, all right, I guess people actually use this thing. So let's go. So I tried, uh, I was editing the, the, podcast and really all the editing that we do is go through we 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 make uh we what is it called level out the yeah we normalize the the track audio Mm yeah and then we just kind of go through and take out kind of the long pauses the ums which my lord i do so many of um (laughs) to be fair exactly exactly i just did it i just did it i just said um so yeah it happens quite a bit but I have fewer, those are called disfluencies because I talk on a mic a lot more. That's really just it. It's just a matter of repetition and practice helps you clear up your speech when you're doing stuff like this. Yeah. So we don't do like a lot of editing, but trying to do that in audacity, I wanted to throw my computer out the window. It was horrible. It's, it's, <laughs> you have it's, to learn the, the like hotkeys and stuff. Otherwise, I, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's, <laughs> it's the setup, the way it zooms into the tracks and the way it shows you the, the waveforms and the, the fact that you have to click on both tracks. It's just, no. I, I tried for an hour and a half. I, I was like, all right, now I see why. Keith does not want to do this. And so I was like, there's got to be a better way than using this horrible piece of software that Audacity is. Um, not to mention just it's awful to look at, which is- It is very thing. ugly. Like it is yeah. next level ugly. So I've been wanting to try Descript and Descript does some nice automated things for you. It, actually, mm-hmm. the automated stuff really doesn't work well. Um, like taking out the ums, it uh, does not work well. It, it doesn't take a lot of them out. But the biggest thing with Descript, the workflow in cutting out stuff is 600 million times better than Audacity. And so that just, I was able to go through. Wait, so were run. you doing it with a transcribed thing where you were actually editing the text? Yeah. I would do some of that. I would do some of that because it's really good at like this, um, deciding where the words are. So you can actually like just take out the words. So you can actually take out the... Yeah, just by and highlighting can, it. And just by it highlighting cool. it. And yeah. you can also see it on the track itself. You can see the like the words right above the waveforms. Mm-hmm. So you can actually identify real, a real easy way to see like where an um is. Um, and the zoom level that they put the track in right when you open it is perfect because it's it's zoomed out to like so that you can see each word. And so it's a lot easier to go through, uh, decipher. It also puts both tracks in, it composites both tracks together, which is nice because I don't really need to have different. There are, there are a few instances where like I'll be speaking in the background or you'll be speaking in the background and sometimes you want to take that out. Yeah. Which you can still do in the script, but working with a single track was amazing. So I was able to go through... Uh, clean all that up in, I don't know, uh, 40 minutes. Our, our thing was 30 minutes long, so 40 minutes. I lo- I, I listened to it. I couldn't listen to it at, at, at uh, Smurf speed either because I just couldn't decipher 
<laughs> where things were. No, yeah, not so, Smurf speed, uh, uh, chipmunk uh, speed. Chipmunk speed, yeah. So yeah. for reference here, when I was showing Jamie how to go about editing stuff the way that I'd been doing it, I always listened to the podcast at like 1.6 or something like that. And Audacity doesn't do the things that nice podcast players will do when it adjusts speed, where the voice yeah. seems mostly normal. It You just sound like like I'm Alvin and he's yeah. a different chipmunk. Like I think I'm theater. flying through. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, Theodore. I'm, there you go. Yeah, I think I got more of a... a Deeper, deeper voice. Yeah. Uh, that, so that's also how I do the way I edit stuff for work is actually, I don't even push play when I'm editing stuff for work. I drag the scrubber and ScreenFlow will preview the audio as you're doing it. And mm-hmm. so at the mm-hmm. speed that I move the thing, it's going through. So like I'm, I'm really well versed at deciphering what I'm saying at like four X. So yeah. I'm just like, just going through looking at the waveform being like, ah, okay, I said something dumb there. Like come back and do it that way. So yeah, it's just, that's a matter of just how my workflow normally is. So I'm used to listening to stuff that sounds not even human anymore. And, uh, going from there. Yeah. I'm glad you so gave it a little- shot though. That's- I did. I gave I gave it a, a, a nice try, and I almost like just sent out the audio to somebody to, to do it, which actually Descript offers this like white white glove uh, service now, so you can like. Oh really? Where they do on. the? Oh wow. Yeah, and it's only actually a dollar fifty per minute, which so it would be you know sixty bucks or, or something per episode, right? Per That's, episode that right. doesn't make any money. So, right, yeah. but how much is your time worth? So, like, I could just send it out and have them do yeah. it. I, I might, I might play around with that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so, I'm a little disappointed that I'm using Descript because I'll only use Descript for podcasts, and part of this was so that I can get good at just doing audio. But there's no way, uh, shape, and form that I'm using Audacity. So, I may try some other. Well, to be fair, Audacity can't do video either. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you would be. You're in that so. position where like you could do any, you could basically do any type of audio editing inside of Descript and uh, export the lossless version of the audio and then sync that up with some video and be good to go. Yeah. So I, I had, actually I had kind of fun doing the, the editing uh, because usually what we would do is you would do the editing and then I would fill in all the metadata. So mm-hmm. what the episode's about, do the links, and do the summary and stuff. And I was able to just kind of do that both at the same time, and it was fine. So I'll get faster, better, probably use some different tools, but uh, yeah. Descript was actually I appreciate really you nice. taking that over. So Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no worries. So nice. it sounds like crap. It's uh, my fault. So I'll have to cut that baby out that's in the background. So Oh, you could hear her? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, well, I will talk to you in two weeks and I will have actual progress to talk about. And I'm excited to see how your uh, work on Juve's process architecture continues nice. to go and uh, gets out the door. Cool, man. 